Welcome back to the podcast on everything. I have with me today Chris Golden. You might remember him from, I think, episode three as a um, my first interview for the podcast, Jet Teacher. He is in Japan, and this episode is all about Japan and the coronavirus, the response, what it's like to be in Japan right now during this global pandemic. Um, thank you, Chris, for joining the podcast again. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit earlier about the response, but um, can you kind of lead us into, it happened in America in around the beginning of March is when we really started shutting down. Um, can you kind of go over the beginning and give us like a, a timeline um, of what Japan did and... Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, <laughs> so we'll say in uh, around February or, or March, now nah, we'll say March, uh, because of COVID-19, the schools uh, closed. Um, in February, they were discussing closing the schools, and they decided to do that, um, but they, they had... Uh, Graduation ceremonies and things like that at different schools. Uh, is the school year the school year ends in March and then begins in April, and so they finished the school year early and did graduation ceremonies for specific. Like it was only one parent of a graduating student and no family, no friends, no nothing. Um, so very short, very exclusive graduation ceremonies, and then they closed the schools until uh, April. Um, meanwhile, uh, they started to restrict travel. So, for example, if you left the country uh, in, in March, you would have found it particularly difficult to get back into the country. Um, for example, I have a friend uh, who went to the Philippines. Is that that's home for her? She she works in Japan. She went to the Philippines uh, for vacation in March. And she just missed the cutoff date for trying to get back into the into Japan because um, airports in the Philippines closed, and then airports in Japan also closed to to travel. Um, and then in April they opened the schools back up. I should mention that even though they closed the schools, they didn't close anything else. So all of the bars. All the restaurants, um, all the public places were still open, and social distancing was uh, a recommendation, not a rule. So, um, um, yeah. So you bring up an interesting thing about the schools. Like some of our first reports was that kids could spread it like wildfire, and they wouldn't show any symptoms. So do you think that's why they they shut the schools down first? Because they could spread it, and at least with older adults, we could see the symptoms, or at least that's what we thought originally. It's possible. It might have also been a move to, to you know, like an actual calculated move to keep the uh, to keep the kids safe. Um, so, I, I live in a country now where, for example, like if there's a typhoon, 
and there's a threat to the train systems, the schools will close because it's too dangerous for the kids to come to school. But all of the staff are still expected to come to work. <laughs> you know? Um, so maybe it was a calculated move in order to keep the children safe. Um, and maybe it did not have anything to do with the, the possibility that the the kids can be asymptomatic and get this and be fine, whereas adults are more susceptible to it. Um, I don't know one way or the other, but like I said, it wouldn't strike me as, as surprising if it was just, yeah, we want to make ourselves look good. <laughs> Japan does that. I mean, like for, for example, uh, Japan, like I don't know if you, you saw this in the news, but Japan was like, yeah, COVID-19, now we're good over here, everything's fine, come have the Olympics. And then the committee got together and said, we're going to postpone the Olympics until the next year. And Japan was like, okay. And then like two weeks later, the numbers for Japan's COVID-19 cases skyrocketed. You know, so it's like, oh, as soon as the Olympics aren't happening for another year, you're like, oh, I guess we'll tell the truth. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so schools open back up with very particular rules. Um, rules that I should mention are damn near impossible to enforce. So it's like maybe in a high school you can do it, but you can't tell the kids at uh, a, you know a kindergarten or a junior high school or even uh, uh, um, an elementary school about uh, social distancing and then be like, all right, go to recess, have fun, go play. Like, kids, I <laughs> so I went to this one school on a visit um, before the school year actually started and I was with some of the other assistant language teachers and one of, I was taking over a school from one of the teachers and there were kids there out there playing. No masks, no nothing. This is, you know, late March. And the kids see us coming and they see their previous teacher. So they come up and they, they run up to them and, and they want to talk. And I kid you not, this kid had an entire conversation with his previous teacher with his hands in his pants. <laughs> not, it's not, you know, like in his shirt, but in his pants. There's no possible way you're going to have these kids show up to school and not keep, and people not get sick. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. The kid is just people with his hands in his pants. And then he's going to go play with his friends. He's going to play tag. <laughs> and slap just the face. Like, this is what's going to happen. So, you know, schools open back up with rules they couldn't enforce, like wear masks and social distancing, and they've been open since. Um, but once again, like I said, you can't cancel. I've been in classes where they say, okay, you have to wear a mask. Like, I was in a class today, and out of 23 kids, three were wearing masks. So what do you do about that? Um, I just keep my mask on. Like, I'm, the, the other thing, I'm, I'm an assistant language teacher. I'm a foreigner. I'm very low on total. So people don't necessarily, like... People aren't really going to listen to my opinion about things. Um, I could have, I oftentimes do, I'll be like, hey, you know, and they'll go ahead and put on masks. Um, but once again, like, uh, uh, this is probably not a very popular and not a, a very good opinion. But my idea is, if you're going to 
put yourself at risk by being in school, then go all the way with it. You know, it's like you're putting the kids at risk, you're putting the staff at risk by putting them in such close quarters, you know, for such a long period of time, um, like all day. You know, the kids, they have a 10-minute break in between periods, and then they sit in the classroom less than one meter apart from each other for the next hour. You know, so it's like, why even open your, if you're going to open yourself up to that, like, whatever happens is going to happen at this point. Yeah, they don't, they don't have people trying to enforce it, going around saying, if you don't have your mask, you will get sent home or anything like that? No, they don't. And and even if they did, it's it's not particularly consistent. Like, you might have some schools that are more strict with it. You know, there are some schools where some teachers will be like, hey, uh, some schools that have some classes that have some teachers that will be like, hey, wear your mask. But it's not all classes, it's not all teachers, it's not all schools. Um, And I I would attribute that to ignorance to the gravity of the situation, I'll say. So when we don't have accurate information about the the problem, it makes it very easy to act like there's not a problem. So, for example, uh, in Miyazaki, where I live, the southern Japan, the island of Kyushu, far east side, um, nine weeks ago, the COVID, the official COVID nineteen. Uh, infection count was 17 people and uh, two weeks ago the official count was 17 people Um, which we both know is damn near impossible like there's no way you had 17 and somehow you managed to keep it 17 from 7 weeks (laughs) Um, so we know either one Miyazaki is in the uh, business of creating miracles or two, the information is wrong and since number one probably isn't likely it must be number two which just goes to show you that the information is not only inaccurate but the information that people are getting is inaccurate and it's causing people to have a very poor impression uh, the wrong impression about what's really going on you know, just like I like, I would venture to say in Miyazaki, the count has to be in the hundreds. We just don't know. Is um, the um, yeah. yeah is the Japanese government pretty trustworthy in other regards to safety and just information to the public? Uh, I want to say a blanket no. Um, so the thing, the thing we got to remember is Japan doesn't really have a strong centralized government. After World War II, the U.S. kind of made sure that you're not going to have a Japan was going to be able to have a strong government so they couldn't do what happened in World War II again. Um, and so Japan, the, the government is able to make recommendations. But that's basically it. It's still up to different prefectures and the people in general to follow those recommendations. So, for example, um, Japan 
locked down some of the major cities. So they locked down Osaka. They, they, and I, I say, when I say lockdown, I mean they locked down. That's um, <laughs> They locked down Osaka. They, they locked down Tokyo. And uh, they said, all right, nobody, nobody go anywhere. But once again, you can't enforce that. Um, and so a lot of people just left Tokyo. They left the major cities and went back to the rural areas where they came from. Um, and there was literally nothing the government could do about it. Um, so like, for example, summer or spring vacation uh, happened in, I want to say, April or May. And Tokyo was supposed to be locked down. And uh, like kids went to their colleges and found out that the semester had, had closed, so they all went back home to the rural areas. And so Miyazaki saw an influx of college students <laughs> coming back home because Tokyo was locked down, you know. And they, you know, a whole bunch of uh, Kyushu are. We are back. We had some difficulty. You just froze on the screen. <laughs> and, and I waited. I was like, how long should I wait? And then it just never came back. So I wasn't sure if your phone died or what. Or the, yeah. No, you see him now? <laughs> yeah. He's, um... Is there a fly that he's trying to capture? There's a string from a light that he is messing with. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, when you see me looking all around, it's because he's doing something. Little kitten. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get back. I might have to throw him off if he becomes distracting. Um, so, everyone goes back to the rural areas, which is basically what happens here. And I've, that helped spread it here tremendously. Um, but we were testing, so we could tell that it was happening. How was the testing <laughs> once that happened? Do you know if the cases skyrocket? Uh, what, 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 is this, what is this testing you speak of? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. What is, what is testing? <laughs> um, yeah, so... I'm going to say Japan has a, the, uh, the stereotypical but not necessarily factual uh, ostrich mentality when it comes to dealing with problems. Um, so, for example, COVID-19, uh, they, they decided that uh, we're just going to make it super difficult to, to get people tested or just outright not test people. Um, and then, even if we do test them, uh, we're not going to allow them to get the results of the test or allow them to tell anybody the results of the test. So, for example, um, school districts were told that if one of their kids tests positive for COVID-19, that they aren't allowed to tell the parents of the other children. So basically, the government just wants to know who has it, but it's not concerned about the health. Yeah. The 
to, 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 to want to know who has it, you actually have to provide enough tests and avail, uh, you have to provide uh, access to, to said tests. Um, so when you go to the doctor and you say, hey, um, I think I might have COVID-19, they will tell you, mm, yeah, I think maybe, what, you probably have a cold, go home. Or uh, maybe you come in, but look, I really think I have COVID nineteen. Um, you have to get uh, you have to get uh, another doctor to recommend that you get tested for COVID nineteen. And then when you finally go and get tested for, for COVID nineteen, you can't like come in through the front door and be like, "Hey, COVID nineteen test." You have to like come in through like the side door, or the back door, and you have to leave through like the back door without telling anybody about what, what happened. Um, they make it super difficult to get tested. In fact, um, so. <laughs> So there was a, a story, and I, I wish, I wish I was making this up, but there was a story. Uh, so the person uh, thought they had COVID-19, so they called an ambulance to take them to a hospital. Um, and so the ambulance shows up, picks them up, and they try to drive out to a hospital. And they called the hospital, and the hospital said, uh, yeah, we're not taking them. Don't bring them here. So... Oh, the, the ambulance drives and they try to call another hospital. And every hospital they call, say, hey, we have a possible COVID-19 uh, patient here. Every hospital they call said, don't bring them here. Uh, law in Japan says if somebody has a communicable disease um, and they get to a hospital, the hospital has to admit them. So the ambulance calls the hospital while they're driving around. The hospitals all said, don't bring them here. So they drove around for an hour looking for a hospital only to be unsuccessful and then drive the person back home. <laughs> That's how the response about testing has been in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Um, do they have Yeah. Do, do ambulances have to call ahead? They can't just be like, ah, oh, here's your patient. Yeah, basically. Like the ambulance shows up, mm-hmm. they pick up the patient and they got to figure out like... Like, cause the, the other thing about it out here is sometimes hospitals, like, aren't open. Like, on the weekend, not all hospitals are open. Hmm. I don't understand how maybe Japan and thinks that because it's the weekend, people just decide they're not going to get sick or injured. Um, maybe the hands of fate, you know, move in such a way that, uh, you know, any possible way that somebody can get, like, car accidents, you know, alcohol overdoses... Uh, sports, injuries, all that stuff somehow mysteriously disappears on the weekends so that hospitals can close. Um, but they close the hospitals on weekends. <laughs> a lot of them. And so you have to call around to find a hospital that's open. Yeah. Um, so you have to call ahead to the hospitals. And apparently the hospitals have a choice of whether or not to take you. And there have been several cases where people weren't accepted because they had COVID-19 or they might have had COVID-19. So testing has been uh, horrible as far as uh, you know, out, out here. Now, how do you hear these stories? Are they in the paper? Um, you 
hear them uh, oftentimes uh, through news, you hear it through hearsay. Um, I, I have friends who live in Tokyo who tell me about these things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult. It's not difficult to make this kind of stuff up, but I don't, I don't, I don't think people are making this stuff up. Like I've, I've known somebody who they went to go get tested and they were like, "Nah, we're not, we're not going to test you." <laughs> right. So, um, sports in Japan. Mm-hmm. When did that shut down? Was it in the middle of uh, a big season? Because for us, we had. March Madness for college was shut down the week before it just went to the tournament. We had the NBA shut down, the NHL, and baseball hasn't resumed. What major sports in Japan have shut down or maybe haven't started because of it? Um, I'll say that the, the big major sport in Japan is baseball, and I don't think that started back up yet. But I don't know that for certain. Um, I don't really follow uh, sports out here. Um, but yeah, all right. I, I know, know they put on for a while. Yeah, I know Korean baseball was happening, and they were actually showing it on ours. That was like the only sport going around in the world. <laughs> but basically, they didn't shut down. Uh, yeah. So movie theaters, all that. Are people cool. going? Are people going to them in high numbers, or are the movies just like losing massive amounts of money when they premiere? I would say people are, like people are still going. Um, so just to, to give you an idea, so in April they closed the schools. I'm sorry, in March they closed the schools, and then in April they opened the schools back up with different restrictions. Um, the government put out a recommendation as far as far as uh, social distancing is concerned, but they didn't put out any hard and fast rules. Um, and to that effect, everything stayed open. Like, all the bars open, all of the restaurants open, all of the malls open. As a matter of fact, uh, they have something called Pachinko out here. Think of it like a casino. Um, mostly like slot machines and stuff. Some of the Pachinkos uh, closed for a week and then they all opened. So it's like nothing. Everything has been open since this thing started. Um, are, so are, yeah, like malls are still open. People are still showing up and going shopping and, and stuff. Are there signs at these places letting you know that corona is prevalent around the world and to take cautions when you enter? Um, they, there's, they don't mention anything about uh, being prevalent around the world, but it's more of a, please be careful, here's this hand sanitizer at the entrance, please use it, uh, please wear a mask, but even that's not enforced. Um, like you can still walk around like there are people walking around grocery stores without masks um, they in a lot of places at the cash registers they put uh, a sheet of plastic down and all the staff wear masks um, 
but the customers aren't necessarily required to wear masks. There was one place, uh, a clothing uh, store called uh, Uniqlo, and they had, they had somebody with an infrared uh, thermometer. And so anybody walked in, they had to get their, their temperature taken. And if you got a fever, you weren't allowed to come in. Uh, that's the most strict thing I've seen as far as uh, rules in Japan and COVID-19 are concerned for the general public. Um, but aside from that, it's basically life as normal, except there's a lot more masks. Um, did people... Because, you know, you're, you're from America. When we think of something's going to happen, hurricanes and whatnot, everyone flocks to Walmart and everything and just stockpiles a mass amount of, like, toilet paper and water. Is, is that a norm in Japan? Is it impossible to find these, <laughs> these items? Or? It, was, it was impossible for a while to find uh, toilet paper. And it, I, I still can't understand the why. It's like, did somebody decide that the world centers of toilet paper production were just going to magically disappear so none of us are going to be able to wipe our asses <laughs> at some point? It's like, you, you want to know why all the toilet paper is going to disappear? Because you fucking bought it all. <laughs> um, but anyway... For, for a while, it was uh, difficult to find toilet paper. Um, it got super difficult to, to find masks, which I find interesting because um, out here uh, um, in, on the east side, like Asian countries, uh, typically like wearing a mask is, is, is part of the culture. So if you even think you have a cold, you might wear a, a, a mask. Um, in order to not spread uh, germs. So masks are a household item that everybody typically has a whole bunch of. And so it boggled me when this thing happened, when uh, COVID-19, when it first hit Japan, everybody started buying up all the masks and they were like waiting in line for like an hour or two to show up and buy a whole bunch of masks that they didn't actually need just in case they ran out. It's just like, <laughs> like you all have masks. This is why they run out because you all are buying everything that you don't need. Yeah. You know, people who are afraid cannot be rationalized with. So, whatever. <laughs> um, in terms of recreation, um, are more people doing recreation? Or, because like here, our state parks are swamped. And that's because we basically were shut down. You haven't really been shut down. Have you seen numbers increase in certain areas like being outdoors and whatnot? A lot of the beaches. Um, actually, so for a while there was a out here. Like I, I live in a, a town that's famous for uh, surfing, and for a while they uh, banned uh, surfing because they were afraid that uh, there would be an influx of people to the town, and that would bring more coronavirus to it. Um, so there was a, a ban on surfing for a while, and then that got lifted. So the beaches are still pretty, pretty full um, across Miyazaki. Um, but once again, 
it's pretty much business as usual. Like I don't, I don't think there's been an increase or a decrease. Uh, there's, uh, I think people are not going to, for example, like maybe people aren't going to get massages as much. Maybe they're not going to the gym as much. Um, gym membership is, is down a lot. Like I know me personally, I'm not going to anybody. Like I want to go to the gym. I'm not going to the gym. <laughs> have a, a wonderful story about putting up a pull-up bar in my apartment that I'll tell you about later. Um, but yeah, uh, recreationally, like all the kids are still out playing all the time. Um, all the adults are still running around. Like I remember people were putting up videos of you know cherry blossom viewings and barbecues and stuff like that. People are still out and about. Like nothing is like there's no global pandemic. Even though they'll go out there and they'll play with their friends and they'll talk about the global pandemic, but it's like there is—it doesn't exist. Yeah, I was just going to ask: Is like, are a lot of people? Is it the number one conversation like going on in Japan? Everyone say hey, like, okay, so that's kind of like like here too. It's, just... it's funny because it's it's the number one conversation out here, but it's the one it's the thing that people take the least seriously. Because, like, like, once again, if it was such a big deal, why are you still at school? Why are the schools not closed? Why are the bars not closed? Why are the restaurants not closed? You know, why are you going to this cherry blossom viewing? Why are you going to this barbecue with a whole bunch of people? You know, like, I'm glad you're wearing masks when you do it, but still. Like if it was if it was such a big deal to you, like you're talking about like it's a big deal, why aren't you acting like it's a big deal? You know? Yeah. Have there been any famous politicians or celebrities that have gotten it? Like we've had Tom Hanks and a handful of big name people get it. Um, around the world, like Terry Crew I think it was Terry Cruz or Idris Elba. It was a handful of people. Are there any Japanese that have gotten it that kind of worried um, the public? Um, I don't know uh, how many uh, celebrities have gotten it. I remember there was one story of a celebrity who got it and then didn't say anything about it and went on like a golf trip or something like that with a mistress or something like that. He <laughs> back and then admitted that he had it. Um, people were pissed off about that but I don't watch TV out here um, so I don't know how many celebrities have, have gotten it I just know the numbers that they tell everybody else are not true you think everyone in Japan knows that that's true that the numbers are not true but just like want to have the same normal life that they have been accustomed to I think that may be a part of it, but I think the other part of it is, once again, when you don't have accurate information, you don't have, you can't respond properly. You know, like if you are expecting this, if you're expecting a, a, a storm, but everybody tells you it's just going to be like thunder and lightning, right? it's going to be, you know, a, a, a small tropical storm or whatever, like rainy season, like a monsoon or a typhoon, a small one then you prepare for that. But you're not ready for the F5 hurricane coming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what it is out here, where people know there's a storm, 
and they're pretty sure it's coming. But the information about the storm is wholly inaccurate, so people aren't taking enough precautions. And my opinion is that it is setting, especially a place like Miyazaki, where it's mostly old people and smokers, um, it sets people in places like this up to get their asses beat by COVID-19. Because once again, people aren't taking this seriously. Yeah. Um, how would you grade the overall response by the government? Like, on a scale of... Of like right in the um, beginning, yeah. America to China? Or like... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we could say like A to F the initial response, and then the last three months, the handling of it. Um, from a, a, on a scale of poor to superior, I'm going to say poor. Including the initial? Including the initial. Because once again, this is a global pandemic. And aside from closing schools, and aside from recommending that people don't go anywhere there's been no real enforcement on any rules from social distancing um there's been a whole a, a near complete lack of, of testing which is going to give you accurate uh, inaccurate numbers it's not giving people the the right idea about what's really going on and it's causing people to, to have this lackadaisical attitude and that's dangerous. Like, this is real shit. People are dying, you know. Um, but once again, if people don't understand what's really going on, they can't really prepare for it. They can't make the most educated decisions. And that's a lot of that's on the government. So now I would say their personal opinion, but I would say their their response has been poor at best. Um, do they give you updates? The government, do they give you guys updates? Because I know for a while in America we were getting daily briefings. Um, do you guys have something like that, like a task force that's giving briefings constantly? I'm like, hey, we got still 17 cases over here. We're, we're doing fantastic. Or they just don't come out and say... <laughs> A lot of my information, if I don't go look it up myself, is, is hearsay. So, for example, there's a, a there's a website online um, that you can look at that has the government's numbers of COVID-19 cases all across Japan. Um, and they'll say it on the news as well because it's, it's a pretty constant story. Um, but it varies prefecture by prefecture. The higher-ups in the prefecture, like the government officials, will have that information, but it's not something that they let the general public know of. And if it does have, if it, like somebody who's not part of the higher-ups in the government, in the, the state and local government, um, chances are, if they're not part of that, they got a uh, hearsay. Um, so, for example, I learned from my supervisor that the count had been 17 um, for, like, seven weeks you know um so yeah it's uh i i don't have a whole lot of, of faith in the, the government giving ac uh, accurate information mm -hmm. so what has changed with um with your daily routines besides i mean you mentioned going to the gym you're no longer going to the gym yeah. Any, anything else 
Um, really, I, I, I don't really go anywhere. Um, I got friends who live in different prefectures, driving distance that I don't get to go visit anymore. Um, I try to do most of my grocery shopping. Uh, if I got to go grocery shopping, I do it at a time where I'm fairly certain that there's not going to be a whole lot of people there. So I don't go grocery shopping at dinner time at all. Um, I'll go at like 8, 9 o'clock at night where I'm sure the place is going to be empty. Um, or I'll go uh, late afternoon. Because um, you can't... Places around your clothes, uh, they open uh, later than in America. So for example, all the stores open at 10 o'clock. Um, so I don't go to stores when, when they open. Um, I don't really go shopping anymore. I don't go out for I don't go out to get clothes or anything like that. If I go out to get food, I go out to get food maybe once, twice a week, and I go at night late. Um, I don't really go out on the weekends at all. If I do go out, it's someplace that's outside. Um, I don't go to like I don't go to malls because that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I don't really go to restaurants at all. Um, I don't go to bars on weekends. Um, but there's a, a, one of my favorite like live music bars out in, uh, in downtown where I live, and I don't go there. I, I kind of I, I refuse. Like, I'm not going to a bar. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it feels very isolating because it's like you want to go out places and you want to see people and you can't. Um, but it's better than catching COVID-19 or and knowing about it or not knowing about it than passing it to other people so do what you gotta do yeah <laughs> um yeah what I've been doing is doing a lot of reading cause this is and I have a yard um any books you've been reading recently <laughs> yeah um, actually, I've been reading uh, Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really cool. Um, I'm learning to uh, affirm myself, uh, learning to, um, I'm learning uh, about having faith in myself, really, which is new, because, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I know myself well enough and, and comfortable enough to tell the truth that uh, I have a pretty big ego, um, but I also know that in reality, I don't have the confidence in myself to match that giant ego, or at least I didn't, but I'm learning to do that now, you know? So it's like, I'm learning to believe in myself. It's like, nah, I can do this. I will do this. Um, and that comes from reading uh, Think and Grow Rich. I recommend it. It's a good book. Um, another book uh, a friend of mine recommended to me that's next on my list is The Courage to Not Be Liked. I think it's what it's called. Um, so yeah. Also, I'm... Uh, trying to get into the online business thing. Um, so I just started a Google Ads campaign. I'm learning about making uh, YouTube videos. 
Um, so that I can make some money on YouTube, make some subscribers. So by the way, subscribe. Yeah, t- and and um, yeah, and tell us what the link is, and we can put that in the in the description too. Um, if I had a, a link, <laughs> um, but uh, actually, so I mean, this isn't really COVID nineteen related, but I am writing uh, a basically writing the scripts to a couple different videos. One of them is on the, the Black Lives Matter protests that are going on right now. Um, actually, two of them are on the Black Lives Matter protests that are going on right now. One of them is centered, uh, or is focused towards uh, the English-speaking audience, and one of them will be geared towards the Japanese-speaking audience. Because um, I've seen some some videos of people giving their opinions on what's going on. And uh, I gotta say, of the videos I've seen, very few of them are backed up with fact. Um, and so I feel like I want to be able to, to give people accurate information so that people can be educated and then make educated choices about what's going on. Um, so yeah, those are all projects that I've gotten started as a, you know, as a result of being isolated and being like, you know what, I want more of myself. So yeah, it's yeah. on the way. Yeah, that's good that you have this response when you're isolated for a lot of times. You know, like people, some people have shut down, some people have done nothing. It seems like you're like, you're focused and you are trying to improve yourself with this time, which is awesome. Well, it's, it, it's, it's a good thing, but yeah. admittedly, it's a defense mechanism on my part. So I... I call myself the, the extroverted introvert, so I, I need to be around uh, people sometimes, um, but also I'm, there's sometimes where I just need to be on my own, and I mean, I'm already in, I'm a foreigner in, in Japan, um, so that's already, and I'm on literally an island, and figuratively, I'm on an island. Um, but it's already an isolating experience. And then you put COVID-19 on top of that, and it gets to be even more isolating. And my defense mechanism is when I feel isolated, when I feel lonely, I try to keep myself busy. Um, and so now, instead of being busy on... For example, random things that won't mean anything later on, like cell phone games and shit like that. It's like, mm, I want to get to a point where I don't have a single money-related concern ever again. And having, you know, been reading the um, Think and Grow Rich has gotten me into the mindset of like, you know, that's not just a dream. Like, I can do that. You know? Um, so, defense mechanism and, you know, just getting to that state of mind of, you know, about to get my, about to get my master's degree and, uh, and get shit done. Um, but that's what it is. Mm, that's awesome. Um, we have a, a few minutes left. Um, in Japan, are the older people taking this more seriously than the younger people? Or is it just across the board <laughs> apathy? Across the board. 
<laughs> once, once, once again, Japan, uh, at least where, where I am uh, in Japan, Miyazaki, it's, it's the Florida of Japan. It's full of old people. Like, we'll say you got a whole bunch of people from 0 to 18 years old. We got a whole bunch of people in the, the 40 and over crew. And there's not a whole lot of people between 18 and, and 40. Because they either, they left and went to bigger cities to start their lives or whatever, and they came back with a whole bunch of kids, or they just left and didn't come back. And so you have a whole bunch of old people here in, in, in Miyazaki, and smoking is still the coolest thing ever. Like, to the degree that it's still perfectly allowed in public spaces, bars, restaurants. I'm, I'm frankly surprised they don't allow smoking in hospitals, because they allow smoking everywhere else. Um, and so COVID-19, you know, it, it impacts people who are older and people who, who smoke and have pre-existing, you know, breathing conditions, res respiratory conditions. Um, and you still, to this day, have people running around without masks. Old people, young people, um, there are people who don't seem to understand what social distancing is or why they should do it. Um, like I said, and it, this is across the board. People are terribly either willfully or unknowingly ignorant about what's really going on. And it's a scary thought. Yeah. Um the last question I had was, like, for the rest of this year, of 2020, right. do you foresee anything changing in Japan? Like, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of cases happen, and they go, all right, we need to shut down? Or do you think it's, no matter what happens, what is going on right now stays the norm? Um... I wouldn't be surprised if the number of COVID-19 cases skyrocketed, because once again, the, the rules out here are very, very lax, and the information that we get on a regular basis isn't terribly accurate. Um, but at the same time, I expect that this will be the new normal. Um, I don't see Japan making any stricter rules unless something super drastic happens. And then they, know, they close the schools as a precaution, but they open them back up three weeks later. Um, so unless something super drastic happens, this is just the norm. It's crazy to think about like all the countries and all the different responses that we've had. Um, did you pay attention at all or read anything about Sweden and what they did? No. They basically were like you guys and they didn't shut anything down. And they, they said, for the mental health of people, we shouldn't do this. Because we shut them down and we isolate them. It's not going to be good for the mental health, which could be just as bad as you know, getting corona and having to go through it for weeks. Um, and then after a while, their cases really skyrocketed. 
and they're like, all right, well, it was it was good while it lasted, and I I think they kind of put on some more, some restrictions, but they were basically. They basically took a different approach as many other countries have taken. So it's just interesting to see what happens for each country. And I don't know if you're getting getting those sources of like this is all their different responses all across the, all across the board, like Italy and Sweden. No, I know Italy got slammed early and they didn't yeah. do a whole lot about it, um, and so they were one of the worst cases in the world and then America was like we, <laughs> we always gotta be number one but uh, um but like yeah we call America winning <laughs> um for well I'm comparing Italy to Japan it's kind of like the same thing they have a lot of older older people they smoke a lot of cigarettes and they they were the worst until you know America really exploded. But I'm I'm shocked that like nothing has happened for pretty much any country besides besides China when it comes to cases that you hear about like just exploding around the world. Like we don't hear about Singapore or Thailand or J- or you know Japan, all of these countries as hotspots. It's like China and America and Italy. <laughs> and Japan is probably because Japan isn't really giving anybody back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah, you think the other countries are doing the same around you? Is that kind of just the mentality? And China had to reveal a decent amount of information because it started there? Well, China can afford to do that because they have a very strict government so even if they you know they throw out the accurate information they still have the ability to be like alright nobody's fucking going anywhere and nobody gets to go anywhere um, whereas Japan doesn't have that level of control over its people um, and once again Japan has something to lose because remember they were expecting to have the Olympics here in 2020 and then it got postponed until 2021. And so they might still be trying to, to you know, cover and be like, look, we're fine, we're okay. You know? Um, but as far as the other countries, like I've never been to any of those other countries, I don't know anything about them. I can't imagine why um, they wouldn't give that sort of information to the rest of the world outside of just trying to make itself look good. But once again, Admittedly, I'm ignorant towards the culture of these other countries and their COVID-19 information. So, I, 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 I couldn't even really hazard a guess. Hmm. Well, that's fair. Um, well, thank you, Chris, for enlightening us on what is happening in Japan with the COVID. And I'm, I'm not surprised at the response. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think the most shocking are the two stories you mentioned with the 17 cases saying 17 cases. <laughs> yeah. um, and then just the, the whole, the way the hospital system, the healthcare system works over there when it yeah. comes to being on an ambulance and trying to get care. Yeah, it's, um, it's a trick out here, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's cool because the ambulance is free. And there's a national healthcare system 
so you know going to the hospital is much cheaper than it would be in you know America but still <laughs> yeah it's like what's the point if you can't even get seen <laughs> well yeah this is, uh, assuming you have if you go and be like hey I have a broken leg you can get seen like oh by the way I, have, <laughs> I also have this nasty cough and have trouble breathing can you check that out too <laughs> and they're like shit already <laughs> <laughs> <Are> here <laughs> yeah you walk in they're like wait I thought you had a broken leg <laughs> What are you doing walking? <laughs> mm, but what hasn't healed is this damn cough and <laughs> every other stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this this whole, all the symptoms are just wild. Because it's like, you remember, did you ever listen to Chris Rock back in the day? Um, and he had a, a skit of watching a commercial for... For something that's like, do you have this? Do you have this? He's like, yep. he's like, you have a headache? Yeah, no headache at all. He's like, you need this pill. <laughs> that's yep. like, to me, that's basically Corona in a nutshell. It's, do you have, and it's every symptom in the book or no symptom at all. It's like, do you have Corona? You know? And well, that's, that's the, the trouble with this disease is most of the people who get it are going to be asymptomatic anyway. Yeah. So it's like, you can have no symptoms at all and still have this thing and not even know it. And I think that, that's what makes it the most dangerous. And, like, it's like, we live in. Yep. It's, it's crazy to think about. And, yeah, it's been four months in, basically. And uh-huh. in America, it's not slowing down. <laughs> Well, you know, we have no end in sight. Well, I mean, you, you might have some, you know, some leadership to, to blame that on. Cough, cough, the sneeze. But, um, yeah, thank you, Chris, for joining the podcast again. We'll have to do some more parts about your time in Japan, being a jet teacher, and going over. I know the last time we ended, we had to end early. Uh, yeah. Thank you for joining this special edition. We'll promote your YouTube channel once you get it on and popping. Yeah, we'll bring we'll bring thousands or millions or tens of views, whatever we have. <laughs> to your calls. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris, and thank you, listeners, um, for listening to this episode. Again, you can check out our past episodes by going on to the podcast on everything.com. We have links there of all the platforms we are on. If you're listening to us on one of those platforms, thank you. Make sure you subscribe. You can also email the show if you want to be a part of it. And um, just be on the lookout for a new logo, which is almost complete. Um, it's actually looking really good. Um, can't wait to reveal that. But um, thanks for listening.